Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be previewing... Fulham's summer series appearance which gets underway this Sunday we're going to be playing Brentford in Philadelphia then on Wednesday we're going to be playing Aston Villa in Orlando Florida and then it's up to the US capital Washington DC on the final Sunday to play our neighbours Chelsea they may only be one mile down the road but we're going to be playing them a long long way from home and I'm joined to look ahead to what feels like a historic appearance over in the states uh, by three representatives of the Fulham supporters groups in each city so first of all from Philadelphia representing Fulham that's with a PH TJ Fogarty how you doing I'm doing well Sammy excited to be here Oh man, so excited. I can't wait to get to uh, to Philly tomorrow. Uh, representing Florida, uh, we've got Chris Oram. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, great, thanks. And representing Washington, D.C., it is Dane Winkleman. Dane, how are you doing? Doing great. Uh, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Oh, it is my pleasure. We are heading over to the States. I think the Fulham team are on the plane today, uh, heading over to... Uh, the East Coast and then obviously down to, to the South uh, for the midweek game uh, against Villa. Um, we'll look ahead to uh, everything you need to know about the three cities and uh, what can be in store for those uh, heading over and maybe those just uh, watching back from the UK. But we probably need to address the elephant in the room first, if that's all right, gentlemen, uh, which is a bit of a development in the Alexander Mitrovic saga. Uh, last night, Sky Sports News reported that... Alexander Mitrovic basically uh, is is forcing this move. Uh, he had to apparently be persuaded to, to get on the plane. Uh, I don't know how forcefully. Was it with a stick? Um, was it with a big threat? I don't know. But apparently he didn't want to go to America because he is trying to force this move to Al-Halal. Um, I'm taking it with a little bit of a pinch of salt, but I think it's obviously quite clear that Mitrovic fancies the big pay rise. Um, TJ, your thoughts? It's probably not what Fulham wanted going into this US tour. They were probably looking uh, for the focus to be on the football in America, not on Mitro's future. But alas, they have not got that. Yeah, it's it feels like it's getting a bit exhausting at this point because it's been going on for a couple of weeks now. Uh, but like at the end of the day, if Al Hilal want the player, they should just pay what we're asking for them. If if he yeah. wants to go, he should tell them um, we value Mitro at something like fifty million or even more. If they want like to have a serious conversation about him going, they should stop offering like twenty five mil, thirty mil, and start like actually meeting our about our valuation of the player. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to to find. Uh... Uh, a devil's advocate argument to that, TJ. It's my uh, sentiments entirely. I mean, Chris, um, are, are you fully buying 
all of this talk. I mean, we know that uh, Mitro's got quite a um, notorious agent, Zahavi, um, who has certainly kind of pulled this kind of stunt in the past. Uh, his his moves around Lewandowski moving to Barcelona were pretty infamous. Um, I just can't believe that Mitro is actually saying these things. Apparently he told relatives that he'll never play for Fulham again. And from the Mitro I know that I've seen, I just, I'm just not buying that Mitro's saying those words. I don't know. How do you feel? Yeah. I mean, I don't buy it completely either. I think part of it could be like you're saying, just kind of a stunt to, you know, raise that awareness and possibly get himself basically a pay raise with where he's at. You know, you don't have to make that move to get that extra money if you kind of stir the pot a bit. No, exactly. I mean, obviously it is such a massive, massive money deal, Dane. And I think a lot of us would be pulling all sorts of stunts if someone was waving half a million a week um, <laughs> in, in front of, of our noses. But I just feel a little bit sad that... Mitro's not going to Saudi Arabia to further his career, to 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 you know progress, move into the Champions League, whatever. He is doing all of this at the age of twenty eight, just for a payday. And on one hand, I can't blame him, but the other part of me is just so like, I thought there was a bit more to Mitro. I thought he genuinely was ambitious, but then again, money talks at the end of the day. I think you called it MLS diet last night, and that's a uh, a good way to put it. I think I, I know. Being a U.S. soccer fan, I, I, a lot of us always cringe when when some players like uh, Landon Donovan came back home and didn't uh, keep going for the European kind of uh, competition. Same with Jordan Morris, who never went over to Europe. And uh, so it's one of those kind of things where, uh, you know, obviously the money is good, but I agree with you all. It seems like a weird um, burn the bridges tactic if he really wants to leave that maybe, you know, put it in a transfer request or something. Um also, I find it interesting, and, and I was kind of joking about, uh, you know, this being a wrestling podcast, but um, I do think there is an interesting tie there um, with the WWE being a financed by the Saudis to the tune of about $100 million a year, and Tony being against that from a long time ago um, puts his kind of comments about them on the recent podcast into perspective. He has a moral high ground for his other business. And I know a lot of Fulham fans really hate that part of it, but I do think there's kind of an interesting tie there where it, it makes business sense for him not to work with them and, and at least to try to get the highest price possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought me onto this. And actually uh, that is a link that I'd never even really considered. And um, yeah, for once, maybe uh, Tony's AEW, uh, maybe helping us slightly, uh, even though it obviously has been quite a bugbear of a lot of Fulham fans for a lot of years. Yeah. So Tony Khan went on a podcast yesterday. Um, and if you haven't seen the clip, um, it's mostly around on Twitter. If you go to Fulhamish's Twitter, uh, we retweeted it. Um, this is what Tony said uh, on Saudi's interest in Mitrovic and just generally Saudi Arabian clubs backed by Piff splashing the cash. He said, that's amazing. I think if you have enough money, you can get away with anything, including murder. And, you know, try to sign up all the top players in the world. But for us, we're definitely committed to keeping our top stars. Um, TJ, away from the uh, quite um, controversial, well, it's not controversial comments about murder, um, but, you know, I mean, I was, I was shocked that he said it. Um, aside from that, he does seem quite determined that he's not going to let Mitrovic go, but ultimately there just has to be a price and Tony can 
not like the Saudis as much as the rest of us. But ultimately, if they come in with a certain price, he is going to go. And it, it, it feels to me inevitable now. Whereas a few days ago, I thought there was a chance. Now it just feels like it's going to happen sooner or later. And, and we might as well start learning to live with it. Or do, or do you think there's still hope? I'm endlessly optimistic, um, but even I'm starting to come around to to the fact that Mitro might leave. I think in regards to Tony's comments, I think he's starting to get like as frustrated with the Saudis tapping up our players or our manager uh, just as much as we as fans are. Mm. Uh, I think it's just been going on the entire summer. First, it was Marco. Now uh, they couldn't get him. So now they're going to Mitro. Uh, it's it just feels like they they're trying and it's, it just feels like it's specifically with us mm. um, as well, because everybody else they've signed from Chelsea, Chelsea were happy to get rid of um, Conte, Koulibaly, um, Man City were happy, uh, were, were happy enough to get rid of Mares. Yeah. Um, Liverpool were fine with getting rid of Henderson. Uh, but it's just like, these are players and, and a coach that are, are key to our performance on, on the pitch. And so it's just frustrating that these are people that we're not happy to just like wish them well, send them off. Like these are players that we actively need. And and I think I'm, I'm, fe- I'm a bit fed up with it. I think Tony's a bit fed up with it. And I think a lot of the fan base is fed up with it as well. Yeah. I mean, there are rules, Chris, around just going and speaking to players and offering them money before you've got an agreement with the club. So somehow via the back door, whether it's via his agent or something, Mitrovic has been fully won over before there's even a bid accepted. Now I know that does happen with other clubs and stuff like that. Like agents will do the talking on behalf of their players and the agent will say what's, what's on the table and stuff. But it feels like me like if, if, if reports from Saudi Arabia to believe it's almost like Mitrovic signed, has, has pre-signed a contract that is that developed and I mean that is against FIFA rules not that I think Saudi clubs massively care about breaking those well I mean I guess that's the thing if you really want something uh, you're going to find a way to make it happen and they seem to be willing to do pretty much anything even underhanded and back street deals to get what they want yeah I mean it is Oh, it's pretty tough to take. Uh, Dane, let's move on to some positive news. Since we recorded our last podcast, um, the Willian contract, he had Saudi interest as well. It's just been endless. Um, has been confirmed. We kind of knew it was going to happen on Monday's podcast, but we just weren't sure. It is just one year. Um, so ultimately, I mean, we might have had to pay a bit more money than we wanted probably initially to to, to Willian, but uh All's well that ends well, um, despite it being quite an on-running saga. And at least there's there's one bit of positive news, if little else. Yeah, I think it's a you know fair play to William and his agent. They they got some time off and uh, um, kind of flirted with Nottingham Forest. Probably got a little bit more money. And, and also, I think it's you know from what he came in on um, on a free transfer and I his wages, I, I assume were pretty a little bit lower last year. Yeah. It's it's a deserved uh, you know bump up in pay for him and. Uh, happy to have him back and, uh, you know, happy to have at least one signing signing come through the door. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it was it was a, a, a much needed relief. And, and, and TJ, um, 
we'll obviously leave some of these for, for the transfer show next week and get into the summer series in a second. But it does just feel like a ramping up in actual transfer speculation this week. Uh, a few bits of a few links for, from Peter Rutzler, uh, Timothy Castagna from uh, from Leicester, Calvin Bassey, uh, the former Rangers uh, fullback who's now at Ajax. Uh, Fulham have apparently made a bid. It's been rejected, but looks promising. Uh, and Murato as well, who who we've discussed, uh, the Benfica centre back. So. Apart from the Mitrovic thing, which I think is taking all of our attention and focus right now, actually incomings, there does just feel like a little bit of movement. Finally, Fulham are starting to throw their weight around and maybe get the paycheck out, even if it is a lot later than any of us would have liked. Yeah, um, it it is later than all of us would have liked. Like I think at this point last summer, we even had Polina on our books. Um so it, it is a bit later, but it's nice to see uh, things ramping up that were being linked to players with uh, by reputable sources like uh, Peter Rutzler, like you mentioned before. Um, and it's good to see that we're being linked with with players in areas that we need depth, especially like if Anthony Robinson goes down. I'm not that comfortable having Kevin Mbabu switch to the left or, or things like that. So it would be good to have Castagna in who can play both full backsides. Like if Tim Ream goes down again, uh, I don't know how much value an unhappy Tosin is going to be. So it's nice to be linked with two center backs as well. And even if Bassey hasn't had the best season at Ajax, if we can get him for a little bit lower and then watch Marco Silva work his magic on the player, um, I think we could turn that into a nice deal, a potentially nice signing as well. Um, Murato, Benfica really don't want him to leave which speaks a lot to his value to the club and his uh, his potential as well. So I'm I'm happy to be linked with all three of those players. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll do more. Uh, there will be a transfer show uh, next week in and amongst all of the uh, US uh, focus madness as well. So uh, we'll we'll move on to that uh, with Jack and Dean and the team next week. Uh, we'll take a break there. Afterwards, we'll look ahead to the summer series. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast, looking ahead to the US Summer Series. I'm joined by TJ Fogarty, uh, live from Philadelphia, Chris Oram, who's down in Florida, and then Dane Winkleman, who's in Washington, D.C., which are the three areas that Fulham are going to be visiting on the Summer Series. The squad announcement is out, the list of players that are heading to the USA. Uh, There's uh, a lot of players, uh, some players that 
in all honesty, even I wasn't too aware of. Um, there's a few na- new names there. People like uh, Samuel Amissa, uh, Alex Borto, uh, a goalie, I presume, from his position in the squad announcement, uh, Delano McCoy-Splatt, um, and a few sprinkling of players that we have seen a little bit of, like uh, Martial Goddo um, and also Luke Harris and uh, Matt Dibley-Diaz, uh, in and amongst all the usual first team names that uh, you would expect, including Mitrovic, who uh, clearly had to be held at uh, gunpoint uh, to get on the plane if uh, if the rumours are to be believed. Um, so TJ, we'll, we'll start with you. Fulham are heading to Philadelphia first. Fulham is heading to Philadelphia. I'm, I'm going there uh, tomorrow. We're doing the live show on Saturday. Tickets still available. Link in the description. Um, TJ, it must be super exciting uh, for Fulham's first match in the US in in donkey's years uh, to be in in your home city. Yeah, I'm just over the moon about it. I haven't been able to go back to watch the club in probably since Wembley. So to be like to for this to be my first match of five years and to not even have to go anywhere to be able to watch it is is a great opportunity. And I remember when it got announced, they're like, we're doing select cities over the East Coast. So I was like, maybe it's Philadelphia. And then the first match was against Brentford and Philadelphia. And so everybody uh, in Fulham with a PH was just like buzzing. Um, so excited for it. Um and yeah, I'm just so excited for the match to happen uh, on Sunday. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about uh, Philadelphia for, for those of us coming for the first time. What can we expect apart from a cheesesteak um, and it being the uh, where it, it, where uh, Rob McElhenney uh, made his fame? And I guess maybe the Fresh Prince was born. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably scratching the uh, the levels of my Philadelphia knowledge. So yeah, yeah, fill us a little bit in on uh, on the city and what we can expect. Um, yeah, so the city is a great place. Um, there are a lots of things. There's a lot of things to do if you're coming down for the weekend. Um, you've got things like the art museum. Um, I recommend anybody that goes that has a bit of free time go to Reading Terminal Market because uh, it's just this great um, like hub of like uh, all food from all over the world in one place uh in center city and then um and then you've got like iconic landmarks like the liberty bell um independence hall which is where the declaration of independence was signed um yeah and uh all sorts of different things like that um in terms of fulham specific events i know the fulmish podcast is coming out and we're very excited to have you oh, thank um, you Yes, that that is uh, Saturday, uh, right around noon, I believe. Yeah, doors at noon. Show at one fifteen, um, and yeah, and uh, us and uh, Cottage Talk as well. So we've got Russ and Max as well. Um, yeah, we're we're super stoked to be uh, to be heading there. And then there is an official um, Fulham kind of meetup for for each city. What time and where is the uh, one for Philadelphia? So the one for Philadelphia is at Jose Pistolas. Uh, that is on South Fifteenth Street. Um, it's only a few blocks away from Milk Boy where the Fulmish podcast is happening. And that'll be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, all children are welcome. It's not a ticketed event. Uh, so anybody can just walk in uh, and have a good time. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're very excited to just host everybody there uh, for that. And then the morning before the game, as soon as the parking lots are open, I'll be there. Um, and a couple of other guys from Fulham with a PH will be there. 
and we'll have beer, we'll have hot dogs, we'll have cornhole and other kinds of games. And it'll just be a great time to like tailgate before the game, uh, like U.S. style. Yeah. Uh, which we're very excited to have happen. Yeah. And the and the game is taking place at the uh, Lincoln Financial Field, which is the uh, the home of the Eagles. Um, is it? I mean, it looks like quite close to the to downtown. Doesn't look like too far away from from what I can tell. What's what's the ground like? Um, yeah. So Philadelphia has a sports complex, which is they have the stadiums for the Eagles, the Phillies and both the 76ers and Flyers all in the same um, just area. And they're surrounded by a huge parking lot. Um, it's only about five miles away um, down Broad Street from City Hall, which is right in the middle of Philadelphia. Um, easiest way to get there is by the Broad Street line. Uh, that's a train. Yeah. And you can catch that anywhere on Broad Street if you're staying near Broad Street and just go all the way to the end. It's called NRG Station, and that'll let you out. And from when you get out of the train station, it's very hard to miss where the stadium is. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Chris, moving on to, to you and um, Fulham is going to then be heading down to Orlando on the Wednesday uh, to play uh, Aston Villa. Um, what kind of plans have you guys got uh, in store for, for the big evening? So, you know, Orlando is a midweek game. So we actually get two nights of official events from the club. So on Tuesday night, you know, there's just kind of a, uh, uh, fan meetup, you know, where they're going to have all the same stuff that they have for the other ones. And that one's going to be at Ivanhoe Park Brewing. Again, a family friendly venue. And so these are the day before event. And, you know, being a weekday, you know, it's understandable because you can't go and party all day long uh, for the game. And then for the actual game, you know, we're going to be at Broken Strings Brewery. And this one is about a block, maybe two blocks from the stadium. And for all of the, you know, other MLS games, you know, they have like fan events there. So it's they're no stranger to hosting these sort of, you know, pre-parties. And the game is at the Exploria Stadium, which, if I'm not mistaken, is not quite the same as some of the kind of NFL-style stadiums that are being used on the East Coast. It's a little bit of a bit smaller, a bit more intimate, a bit more, bit more Craven Cottage, some might say. Yeah, it's uh, definitely smaller, and yeah, so you get your fan base in there, and we usually pack a stadium, and you know, it gets pretty loud in there with our chants and, you know, fans. And then Dane, uh, back up to, uh, Washington, uh, DC, uh, to play the old foe, uh, Chelsea on, on the Sunday. And, uh, what kind of plans have, uh, Fulham DC got, got in store? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Thanks again for having us. We really appreciate it. Everything. Um, the, uh, this year itself, just when it was announced that, um, Fulham was coming here and then it got even better with it being in DC and then, Oh wow, it's Chelsea. This is even better. Um, so we are very excited, um, for the, uh, for the day before we will be hosting a, um, a, uh, official Fulham, um, event at 6 to 8 PM at Franklin hall on uh, U street in Florida. It's a uh, Northwest DC, very accessible to, uh, Metro, uh, bus, anything like that. Um, We'll have uh, Billy the Badger there. We've been told that there's a possibility of some Fulham legends 
who might be able to make it appearance appearance. So we're not sure yet, but um, <laughs> hope uh, hope we can uh, get some people out there. But should be a great time. It starts at six o'clock. Um, it'll probably be going past eight. But um, you know, we'd love to see everybody there. We've heard today from the club that uh, we've got a deep, good good amount of RSVPs already. So. Uh, if you haven't, uh, you know, please go to the link in our bio or the Fulham website to, to let us know you're going to be there. Um, so that's going to be a great event uh, for going out in D.C. Um, during the day. Things to see. Obviously, you have the National Mall and all the monuments and everything. Um, I, w- one thing I would make clear to everybody coming up, it's going to be very, very hot. <laughs> it's, I believe, 97 degrees Fahrenheit, which is what, mid 30s Celsius. So uh, be prepared for that. Um, popping into the Smithsonian museums if you're exploring the the monuments is a great way to cool off. And uh, yeah, uh, so the day of the game, uh, we're excited. We're going to do a similar to Philly. We'll be at the uh, at the stadium when the gates open, which I believe is uh, 9 a.m. We're going to have an American style tailgate. We will be doing. Uh, we'll have beer there, uh, uh, cornhole, all the same kind of things uh, Philly had talked about. Um, really looking forward to meeting everybody. Um, transportation wise, it is not the most ideal situation. Um, there is a Metro that goes near the stadium. Unfortunately, it's about three quarters of a mile from the stadium. So it's a little bit of a hike, um, during the night before party, we're going to try to organize a little informal carpool situation for people who are driving and may have an extra seat or something like that. So look for that if you're at the event. Um, but yeah, very, very excited for all this and, uh, can't wait to meet everybody over here. Yeah. And just like on a, on a broader scale, um, TJ, like what kind of a, this, this is a big moment. And I, I kind of find it surprising really that it's taken Fulham so long to get back to the States, given all of the, the connection and the history that, that Fulham has with America. We've basically always had an American player now for best part of 20 years, which is not something that really any club in Europe, I think can, uh, can say, I, I, unless I'm hugely mistaken, certainly not uh, uh, in top leagues. Um, so it's, it, it feels like a long time coming. And uh, do, do you think this will be a, a big moment? Obviously, there's kind of a bit of a fight right now, it feels like, between lots of clubs. And I think Wrexham, of all clubs, are, are probably winning the race to kind of get as many American fans in as, as possible. But definitely like Fulham has always felt like there is a serious American contingent more than you would expect for a club of Fulham size in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Fulham, full America has always been a thing um, as long as I've supported the club. And it's something that I don't know particularly has gotten necessarily enough awareness in the U S uh, and it seems like it has been forever because it's been about 10-ish years since they did the preseason uh, game against DC United in Jacksonville. Um, I, if I remember correctly, that was the last one. Um, but yeah, it's just, if you go to U.S. soccer fans, all of them know of Carlos Bocanegra, Clint Dempsey, Tim Ream, Anthony Robinson. Uh, but they might only know that like Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson, since they're active players, play for yeah. Fulham. And so this is a good opportunity for the club to like uh, expand on that, like really grow their fan base stateside. Yeah. Uh, and um, Chris, like how many people do you generally watch um, Fulham matches with uh, down, down in Florida? Typically it's usually just me and Anne Marie watching locally here. Uh, 
Yeah, we're a little bit far from where the Fulham, Florida is actually based out of Jacksonville. So that's a, you know, a three hour drive up there from us. So we don't usually get to go up there and hang out with those. It would be, you know, nice to have, you know, something local where we had, you know, a regular bar that we could go and watch these away games and not be at home watching them. So that would be great. Well, maybe this is the moment where actually, and I think this is one thing, Dane, is what this might have as an effect for, and I went was lucky enough to go out and meet the Fulham, Texas guys in Austin um, last year. And it was so great to kind of see how over the years, about 15, 20 Fulham fans have found each other in Austin and watched the games together. What I think this tour could have is that kind of extra galvanizing effect where at Fulham American fans meet other American Fulham fans and maybe communities like Fulham DC, like Fulham, like Fulham in the South can continue to to grow because everyone's met up. It's not online. It's actually we're meeting for Fulham games. And I think that would be so crucial really to the development of these supporters clubs, which, which continue to grow. Yeah, hundred percent. I think outside of Fulham in the South, um, most of these, these supporters groups are relatively new or are kind of regaining kind of the, the their followers and everything. Um, I know for our, supporters group, it was very difficult going up and down, finding a place to put on a ESPN uh, plus championship game at a bar. Um, and honestly, a lot of those games uh, after COVID during last year's championship run, it was just me and our co-founder, Jacob Beaver in my one bedroom apartment. Um, and that, you know, starting this year, I believe we started the, um, it was full of STL, uh, Stuart Holkren. Um, he had mentioned that we should just start the group on our own. So we had done that and we went from, I think we had three or four people at our first, uh, the the Liverpool game at the beginning of the year. Um, and by the end of the year, we were averaging about 20 to 25. And the one thing I just love about the club and and has kind of deepened it, uh, the relationship with them is everyone who came in, um, it's a little different over in the States, but everyone who came into these meetups all had a unique story of how they fell in love with the with the club but whether they they studied abroad in in london or they were an american fan a fan of mcbride um everybody had a unique story and um it was always just more interesting to me than you know americans supporting a big six side and things like that so it's been really exciting and i do think this is a great uh, opportunity for um all the supporters groups in in uh in the States to get some more, um, some more shine and, and get some more members in. So um, I also give a shout out to Chicago cottagers who are also going to be at the event with some presence. I think uh, Fulham NYC, um, Fulham in Texas is sending some people and um, again, Fulham SDL. So excited to have everybody in there um, and uh, yeah, have some great events. Amazing. Well, look, it's going to be super exciting uh, on the pitch. Who knows really what to expect? Ultimately, it's it's preseason friendlies. Um, three pretty difficult games, actually, TJ. I mean, it's not we haven't got easy ones there. I mean, I'd like to think we can topple Brentford, but we know how good they were last year. Um, Aston Villa are, are, are pretty phenomenal. I'd actually say the easiest game of the three is probably the last one against Chelsea. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's preseason, like you said, so it's going to be pretty difficult to predict. But you never know, like when the next unknown Brentford player is going to come through. Um, you never know, like what the what like the four or five names that most of us haven't heard of on our team sheet are going to do. Uh, we might have like a, a world class Idris Adetayo performance. Who knows? 
Um, so it's it's really hard to see what will happen. But um, then you've got Chelsea and we'll probably see a squad full of players they plan on loaning out this season and haven't gotten around <laughs> to it yet. Um, but yeah, it, the, they're three tough fixtures. And, um, and I'm just hoping that uh, we get we get some good uh, results out of them and to uh, help the good spirit like and momentum keep building. Yeah, it's it's weird when because normal most preseasons if we're playing I don't know Marseille I don't really care what the result is but when it's an actual official competition uh, it's being televised I'm a bit like I don't want to lose all three games here ideally I'm not necessarily like, massively concerned if we don't win all three but like it would be nice not to uh, completely uh, completely um, mess it up well look it's it's hugely exciting TJ Chris uh, Dane thank you so much uh, each for your time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. And uh, Fulhamish will be uh, producing lots of podcasts and videos and content uh, throughout the week. We're going to be in Philadelphia at that Brentford match. We won't be at the Orlando one, sadly. It's uh, it's quite a long way and it's very expensive. Uh, and then we will be at that Chelsea game on the Sunday. But we'll be covering all three games. And uh, if you're in the UK, all three games are live on Sky Sports if you want to watch them. Uh, but that will do for today's podcast. Thank you so much to my guests. And we will return uh, after that opening game of the series against Brentford to review everything that's happened. If you're coming on Saturday to the live show in Philadelphia, thank you so much. We're so excited to uh, to see you there. Uh, if you've got any questions or whatever, uh, please do get in contact. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Come on, you whites. You whites. You whites.